This is Rennie Foster, RF Recordings, Vancouver, Canada, and you are listening to the Sunday edition of the Decisive Podcast Mix, hosted by Roberto Ingram. Hello, everyone. It's February the 18th, 2018. And wherever you are in the world, I hope you're having a pleasant Sunday. Roberto Q. Ingram here, and you're listening to the Decisive Podcast Sunday edition. Today, I welcome back to the program Mr. Renee Foster from Vancouver, Canada. He's a label owner, father, DJ, musician, and a true dedicated trooper to the cause of keeping it real. You might ask, what is the meaning behind the Sunday edition? The idea behind the Sunday edition is to provide you with different styles of easy listening music. While you're on your free time from work, chilling on the beach, enjoying nature, music for when you're in a relaxed state of mind. Glad that you're here. So welcome to the program. Well, Rennie, today, welcome to the program, Mr. Rennie. Foster from Vancouver, Canada. The label owner and father, DJ, musician, and he's a true dedicated trooper to the cause of keeping it real, dude. Welcome to the program, buddy. Thanks, brother. Good to have you. Uh, this is the second time you've been on, but our first live interview. Yeah, the first interview. First one? Yeah. No, not the first interview. Is the it was because oh. I sent you a I sent you a written interview before. Oh, question interview. Yeah, one of those right, old right, school right. things. Now the next. Those step are is, different. Those are different because I have time to like you know think about what I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. When it's just on the fly like this, I might say some really stupid things. That's okay because I think I'm starting to step up the podcast a little bit. Before I was holding back because I like to be like politically correct sometimes. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna step out of the. Step I'm out having of the problems with that too. In the new, you know, in the new age of ultra political correctness, I'm having a little problem with yeah, that. I don't, ha- I don't have a problem with any of it. I just want to be what I be and do what I do. Yeah, we're and, not, we're yeah but uh, yeah, um, thank you for joining us here uh, for the decisive Sunday edition. And just in case you don't know what the Sunday edition is about, it's a, I've changed. I got quite a few different versions. We have uh, the decisive podcast series special which uh, includes uh, um, big name artists and um, then I have the Munich exclusive Munich exclusive is for of course Munich artists uh, young and old and then I have this fast um, fascination for all types of music so I didn't want to leave any music out so I decided that Sunday would be kind of a easy listening day where you can have, I can have music from ambient to reggae to whatever type of laid-back music to uh, ease your mind a little bit. And uh, in this case, I felt like your DJ mix was more up that avenue. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah I put a bunch of ambient in, in this mix. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. So, uh, yeah, um, and so, uh, and along with that said, uh, let's get on with the program. And the first thing that came to my mind when I said I was thinking what am I going to talk about in this interview and I was thinking back in the day 
where I first, I think you were living in Japan and you were running, doing a radio show once a week or once uh, a month? Yeah, yeah, Tribal Life. Ah. That was that was in Canada, actually, at the oh, University of Victoria oh, okay. radio station. But but shortly after that, I moved in, I moved the next year to Japan and oh. I was doing that radio show with a fellow Khan Shinomura. We started the label Futago Tracks. Right. And then I'm and then I moved to uh, he stayed in Canada and I moved to Japan and uh, was running the label uh, there. Yeah, you well you've been in the music business for a long time and for a really long while, so but uh, is this your only profession? Yeah, that's right. I'm dedicated to music a hundred percent. Um and uh, I have been since really I started doing it in the in the 80s. I started as a as a, a dancer. Some friends of mine when we when we were very young uh, got a rap group together, and uh, that's when the whole quest to make music started. You know, so uh, it came, it all since then. I've only been trying to make music, nothing else. Throw me a throw me a rap line from way back in the day. Oh, Jesus Christ! I show it a quick one. Yeah, I'm serious. Come on, man. Let's see if we, see if you can remember your favorite your favorite rap rap lyric. I don't, <laughs> Just kidding. I, I, I don't want to rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I take what I do as a DJ and a dance music producer very okay. seriously. I'm not fucking with, around with that. Mm -hmm. And a kind of my flow of creative process mm -hmm. changed you know when i was of rapping course. i was very serious about it in the of same course. way i am now your work since 2003 until this day since well, i guess since 2003 you have started your own label renee foster imprint um, RF, yeah. let me ask you something are you satisfied with the development stage till now yeah yeah i love where rf is and i love uh, what i'm doing with rf I mean, ultimately, like anybody who runs a label, I think, on their own um, and without any kind of like um, other business partnerships like sponsorship and stuff, mm -hmm. I, uh, I wish I had money to pump into the label. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of things I'd like to do mm -hmm. that require uh, investments of money that I just don't have as a struggling artist and DJ, right? So. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I wish that that part I wish uh, this. But, you know, my label sells better than other. I, I know my label. It sells every day. I sell something. So, you know, okay, even if it's nice. just one or two tracks somewhere every day, there's somebody out there and streaming is even more than that. So I know people are listening to it. Mm. So that's kind of happy for me. That's good that's for good. me. You know, like uh, I'm satisfied with doing that i just want people to hear my music and uh people who like it of course i wish i could put more money into promotion into production into you know i do these diy videos right that's um nice. yeah yeah and uh i'm getting better at it i wish i could invest you know into more professional equipment and things like that but i'm having fun doing it i mean the technology is such that anybody with good ideas and some time and some uh, drive and energy can make some interesting art, you know, that, yeah. and that's cool. Yeah. Um, I see that you are, are collaborating a lot with 
um, other artists. Um, for an independent record label, does that concept help in marketing and sales? What do you What do you mean collaborating? Like I do, I don't do a lot of like co actual studio collaboration. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of stuff like exchanging remixes exactly. with different artists, exactly what like I mean. this kind of collaboration. Exactly yeah, yeah. What I mean. Oh yeah, absolutely. RF is even though it's Rennie Foster under you know even though it's my initials. And you know, I've been using that brand uh, as my kind of hunko in Japan, like your signature stamp. I've been using that RF brand forever, or mm-hmm. well, not forever, since about uh, since just after I was when when Futago Technologies was dissolving, and, and I was basically the only Futago Technologies Futago tracks. I wrote m- most of those tracks myself to be honest you know like those guys were kind of learning at that time what to do and uh i was kind of the you know i i produced most of those tracks some of them i produced we produced good work man i still have a couple of them records good work man i I like tribal i always like tribal. yeah it's still in my music it's still in my music nothing's changed you know Uh, yeah i mean i've changed different things like tempo just with the times of the club environment, you know what I mean? Like, uh, but, but, um, this, the music is the same concepts I was trying to do in Futago tracks. I've been working those out. The tribal elements sometimes get a little more subtle or whatever, but, but that, that energy is still in my music. Mm, let's get back know? to the, let's get back to the, the different remixes and stuff. How, how does that help you? You trading remix? Do you? Uh, how do you select who does a remix? Who you do a remix for, or who does a remix for you? Is it important for you? I mean, it's kind of an A and R type of selection. So yeah, no, no, I do. I, I've always been doing lots of A and R. And when I moved back to Canada from Japan, I came here to do A and R for a company actually, uh, Mac Pro Video, oh, yes. which lots of people know oh, is like yeah. one of the biggest. Uh, Shouts, shouts out to Martin Sitter, Mac Pro Video, AskVideo.com. Yes, you have. know, this is the reason I came back to Canada, and I worked uh, full time for him for like three years. But we're still working together he's all amazing, the time man. on various projects, off and on. Yeah, oh yeah, he's he's. We've been working together since the '90s. He hired me for my first DJ residency at a club night he was doing called Fluid, and I loved that night so much. I have that shit tattooed oh, cool. on my arm. Oh, there it is. It's oh, yeah. Side. How cool yeah, is that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was our logo and, uh, you know, from flyers and stuff. And uh, it looks totally 90s because it is 90s. That was, you know, uh, early, mm-hmm. early mid-90s. And uh, anyway, Martin Sitter and me still work together. But yeah, I moved here to do A&R. And then after I was uh, finished working full-time for Martin, that's when I kind of I was building my label slowly, you know, in the background, and then that's since then I've been kind of just going full on with my label and and uh, DJing. Um, but uh, you know, uh, I'm basically trying to talk to a lot of independent record label owners because it's 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 not an easy thing to do for a long for such. I mean, you've been doing it for a long time, so I'm. I'm trying to understand each individual point of view and what 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 drives them when it's so tough and you know the costly and the time and the effort and and the different loopholes that you have to uh, overcome 
to continue to you know to strive for you know either for your label or you for the artists that are on your label i mean and so the next few questions are based upon this subject and yeah so um i also i'm always interested in the music concept behind the releases and it's and the selection of the artists chosen well these are guys i mean the people on the label are people that i okay. know person personally i uh somewhat exactly. in some capacity like like uh you know I don't, I haven't signed anything yet from like a cold demo, you know, like people, because possibly I will, but um, these are people I have a relationship with, you know, like uh, in some, in some ways. Building relationships is, yeah, a, and yeah. is, a, is important and understanding uh, the human being, okay, that you're dealing with, okay. Mm -hmm. I've always been into the mus music scene, like the musician scene more than the like social right on, club right scene you know what i mean like gotcha. i don't i don't know a lot of promoters and a lot of you know uh these kind of socialite sort of people if i did i would be probably playing more gigs i mean certainly people with the amount of records that i have play more gigs usually but i i rarely you know focus on this part of the thing it's just not for me what who i get along with and who I work with are artists, like mm. people that make the music, mm -hmm. DJs, people that are, you know, uh, at the at the edge of where the music is developing in mm. underground dance music. So, so the kind of the people that I'm friends with and have made relationships yeah. with are these kind of people. So I'm I may not have the resources to book a world tour, like you know and do all these yeah. you know this kind of stuff but i but i do have the resources to touch and know and have trust with and have a relationship with okay. many artists people know i'm not about bullshit when it comes to this kind of stuff you yeah. know like there's so much bullshit some people just don't want right. to bypass the bullshit so with those kind of people you we're like okay you know mm -hmm. we can do this or that you know that's and that's that's kind of What's behind my label? Is this organic kind of, you know, let's put out a release mm -hmm. kind of thing? You know, it's just a handling of resources. Like I said, money isn't one of my major resources. So if I did have a lot of money, you know, uh, or an access to more money, um, that would be a resource with my label too. But I don't have that. But what I do have is uh, years and years and years of credibility yeah of, of like putting out good records that aren't about trendiness that aren't about uh trying to come up that aren't about uh you know that kind of stuff that are just about adding to the canon of real house and techno music culture everybody knows that and 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 i work with other artists who are like that and we just vibe like that i mean i question that because i really think that independent labels should succeed and it's a very sad thing when you know some of this monies or this uh, uh it helps uh, incentive when someone can not only um um work their ass off in the studio to give you good material but also get at least get some kind of gig some kind of pay some kind of what i'm trying to say is that it would be great if some of this uh monies or stuff could benefit the artist more honestly you know even with larger labels than mm. mine the 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 honest 
fact is that sales aren't for, for dance music is not at the level to sustain the kind of uh, returns that people are used to seeing, you know, the media does a horrible job of selecting a few people and propping them up just like pop music, right? But dance music, the landscape of dance music has never been anything like pop music. A few people, a few people, and when I mean few, I mean less than lottery winners, like really like a few people get propped up in, in this kind of way. And then everybody thinks that that's what should happen. So when they don't, when that doesn't happen to them, they view that as a failure, right? But really, who are, when, when we're doing dance music, dance music is about experiencing that on the dance floor, right? We're making it for a specific situation. And so that in itself, is mm. makes it into a total niche genre you know what i mean like very niche even even in its peak time even in the 90s when every dj bought vinyl so every sales was a 15 dollar physical sale that could right. convert into several dollars for an artist somewhere down the line even in that atmosphere you know the people who are at the very top of like you know the underground stuff uh were you know, maybe Carl Cox was getting rich and stuff, but very, you know, very few people, right? Like, I, people were basically playing raves, living the lifestyle. Maybe they bought a car. Maybe they, you know, some shit like that. But it was never, like, at the level of even popular hip-hop. Never. You know what I mean? I mean, you can't make, bleed you can't bleed a stone, here. right? So so if, if you're in it to make money and you think... And you think that you're supposed to be living, you know, making enough yeah. to live from music sales, yeah. Yeah. then you're tripping. Your dance music's just not for you. It's just like, you know, <laughs> unless you're, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, there you go. That's that's what I was going to say. It's about that's gigs. It's about gigs. But even you know? yeah. some of my closest buddies that's releasing yeah. some hot stuff, for, for instance, my buddy R2, he was... And even Miles were talking about giving up because, yeah, because all the hard work, all the hard work they do Miles has search. not translated into yeah. gigs. Well, I could tell, I could tell you a few ways. Uh, I could tell you the things that work for me and the things I can see that work. And one of those things is social media. People have to stop. People have to stop disparaging social media like. Oh, it's this and it's negative and stuff like that because it, you know, it's maybe it's like that for customers who spend too much time on social media uh, sharing pictures of their cats and shit, right? But but for us who have a business to promote, it's the best free promotion ever. You know, if you spend the time, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna turn it off soon. They're already messing with it. You know what I mean? So. Well, we have it. You should really be using it to like. I I don't understand artists that don't embrace social media. I I know I know it's sometimes uncomfortable, but you don't have to do it cheesily. Even though most people, you know, who they feel like when they get on social media, they have to be cheesy. Like, you know, they have to sell some shit. You don't have to do that. Just tell the people who care about your music what you're doing. Instead of appealing to the media to do this for you. You know what I'm saying? That's why it's called social media. You know what I mean? Think 
I, I'm heavy on the media part. You know what I mean? Like, it's my own, my Facebook is my own magazine. You can learn everything about what I'm doing on my Facebook pages. You can stay, uh, every release I put out, every thing, you can stay up to date. And that goes to my Twitter too, automatically. On my SoundCloud, I'm putting up all that stuff uh, for people to stream and check out what we're releasing on the label. Bandcamp is something new that I'm doing. I just updated my Bandcamp and starting to promote the Bandcamp. I'm late to that game. Bandcamp is great. I like Bandcamp very yeah, much. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I love it. And it's encouraging because when you make a sale on Bandcamp, it comes right into your How PayPal. Cool is that, right? So you see it on your cell phone. It gives you a little notification. So, so if you even if you just sell like a couple, two or three a week, think of that. It's like a little thing going, hey, there's someone over here that's interested in your music enough to drop a couple bucks on it right here. Check it out. So it's like a reminder, you know. I feel like some of my friends, they don't have any reminders, you know. They're 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 disconnected. They're like in their studio world. They put out a record. They don't really hear much about it. No promoters come calling. So they, they, they feel like it's not popping off, but, but, but it is just in, in the underground, in small scenes here and there and, you know, different clubs and different, different bedroom DJs are getting into it, sharing it with their friends, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So connecting with those people and focusing on what you are reaching and making sure those people are hyped. Okay, cool. Get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what it's about. Even if it's like. Think about it. Every DJ can relate to the situation of being in a room that holds a thousand people, right? And there's only 200 people there and it feels like a light room and the floor is not much energy and you're like, eh, whatever, right? Or you've been in a room that only holds 200 or 100 and there's there's 50 or 60 and it's still pumping. The energy's pumping. It's like, it's all about perspective. You know what I mean? If you're looking at the huge room and you're only seeing this small crowd, then yeah, it can feel lame. But if you start looking at the room kind of smaller, like ignore the media, ignore, you know, boiler room and mix mag and all that shit. If they come in and touch you, fine. I've had shit in their magazines. I've had reviews in their magazines and stuff and uh, features and shit. And that's great for my music. It boosts up my sales a little bit. I can reach some more people. But once I've reached those people, the ones that aren't fickle that just go along with everything magazines say and and uh, and are actually interested in my music i'm gonna keep them around because uh you know i'm like hey you know if you like devil's water you all gonna you might like this too if you like falling skyward you might like this too some of them stay and that's how i built this kind of like you know grass grassroots sort of thing right it's not on the radar of it's not on the radar of uh you know, big brand name. Of course, dance music of course, shit. we understand but, that. But we understand that. But people know. But people we understand know. That. You know, everywhere I go, people know my shit. And can everywhere. you say? Can you? Can yeah. you say that your uh, remixers and the people, other people on your label, are also really happy with the the results of your releases and everything? They're really happy, satisfied. The guys. Are they talking to you? Are they I, communicating with you and saying, ah, thanks, Renee, this is all good. Oh, yeah. This is great. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, we're, we're, I really we're, like the release, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, like what you're doing. Because Super. we're all friends. Super. Everybody Super. on my label and me Super. are friends. Yeah, yeah. It's Super. important to me because, uh, you. you know, 
I've learned a lot from this business, putting out records with people that didn't necessarily care about what I was doing or, uh, you know, like people that, that for one reason or another, I didn't vibe with, you know, and, uh, like, you know, uh, people that are really focused on sales and, and how important that is and stuff. I, I, uh, all the people on my label are not like that, or they wouldn't be messing with me for this long and this in this capacity you know what i mean yeah yeah we all are into good music like there's everything on rf is i think really dope okay getting to, getting to the yeah. releases tell us yeah. about your future releases who's next what's up on the released uh on the uh, on the rf label the next one up is a fellow from japan called so kobayashi uh i released with him about 10 years ago on my first digital label dirty works which is kind of just defunct he's a very good artist he's now living in london we're putting out this release called uh with you it has a remix from a fellow chord lust who has an ep coming up called tactical maneuvers it's coming up on my uh on my um label as well uh and you just did something on soiree as well right yeah the new soiree that just came out which is called um universal shift which is a sick yeah, it is sick very <laughs> it's real sick yeah universal universal shift and it's got my track on it called infrastructure also dope and uh yeah infrastructure is pretty cool uh yeah just check it out it's got meaning it's uh it's a heavy tune it's on the kind of a stripped down electronic detroit electro vibe uh oh, cool yeah I don't know. I don't know what to say about it except for check it out. There's other really good uh, stuff. The homie DJ Roach uh, has a has a track on that uh -huh. too. That EP too. It's a really dope EP. Uh, Derek's track, Drive Train's track. It's just mm -hmm. a huge club banger. It's crazy. It's a, one of his most playable, hot club. I need to, I need to hear this. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. And uh, I got another uh, vinyl EP coming out called Witch Hazel. <laughs> on um, a label from Netherlands called A Depth Audio. Uh, that's Tim Gal and Sanders label, Sander Prince, I believe, and he and uh, it's called Witch Hazel. Has a remix from uh, Dex Dex Nomadico, okay. Underground Underground Resistance, right the homie. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's got a really 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 dope remix on this EP coming. So, uh, and it's three originals. All these yeah. releases in 2018. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's, and I've got an, e an EP coming on Goldman Music later uh, this year. And um, got an EP coming on Subspec Digital EP called uh, Event Horizon uh, with remixes by Kafka and um, Jay Zoni. Uh, and um, I got releases on my label too coming as well. A thing called Vista coming with a remix by Noah Pred, another Canadian fellow. I've been working with Noah Pred since day one. He put out he put out my first vinyl in 97. Yeah, and his label was Thoughtless Music. He's folded that label and now moved on to uh, putting out stuff on other labels. And he's really on fire right now. His new EP, Gem Cutter, I play a lot. He's really, really, really doing some good work. His remix on uh, RF is also very playable, very minimalistic, warm, uh, deep, techy. It's like... Uh, fans of the thoughtless label fans of labels like uh 
little helpers or modern minimal techno labels we like well looks like you have your your work cut out for you for 2018 we're going to be looking looking forward to uh, to these releases now um what else do you enjoy in life besides the world of music uh my family i mean oh, yeah, um, two, two beautiful girls yeah mm-hmm. yeah i have twin daughters they're 18 now and uh they but they still live here with me and uh my wifey and uh do they think yeah, they, we, their dad I, is weird with this electronic music stuff though do they like it they've grown up they've grown they don't know anything Whoa, else okay excuse me yeah they've met they've cool met you know cool what i mean that? yeah yeah they, i've been doing this since they were born and uh you know isn't that amazing to have that kind of a support i mean yeah that's wonderful oh, yeah and i was a single parent for most of it too um my, my i've been with my girl now since they were in high school but uh before that when they were younger and when we were in japan i was a single parent so they've been living right with this music stuff the whole time i never stopped doing it or put it aside or any i dragged them around everywhere in japan that kind of stuff is so that you know, so that means they're, they're proud of you and they're proud of you and they're rooting for you oh How cool yeah is that? and i'm rooting cool for them yeah no 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 they've they've been the biggest inspiration you know like some people feel like having children and then also being a single parent many people have this stigma that having kids you should give up dreams like pursuing a music career or something if you do that but it was the opposite for me i mean they just inspired me to work harder exactly to be more real about it to like make sure that i was you know uh doing it for real and not just you know the superficial parts (laughs) what what else do you enjoy besides music (laughs) i like i like skateboarding i like riding my bike i like drawing oh you know i do some of the art on my label and uh, i'm into uh drawing painting uh making visual Mm. art and uh cool yeah but uh, to be honest like i i do music all the time like I'm in my studio all the time. Who yeah. or what has been your major influence as a musician? My kids. Okay. James Brown, uh, Herbie Hancock. Uh, <laughs> oh, you mean like you mean uh, like musicians? A, a keyboard, a guitar, a band, a uh, a record? Yeah, I, a, all of that. Okay. All of that. I mean, growing up, I I found my parents divorced when I was mm. 11. You know, and. Uh, shit just changed in my life and uh you know it's okay single parent time whatever my mom my my dad basically took off my mom she had to work a lot and put me in the community center break dance classes in the 83 or two or whatever and Rini was born <laughs> that's it i grew up i've grown up completely in the subculture of dance music dj world club party club life what it's all about I'm like a churchgoer for this shit. It's like my religion. so you can be proud you know of where mean? you come from and where you are today. That's my inspiration. Where you are today. Yeah, that's, that's my good. inspiration. The whole thing. The whole good, thing good is you. my inspiration. Okay. And uh, have you had any professional music training? No, I didn't even finish high school, brother. Yeah, actually, I mean, at my mom. I used to mess around. We had this organ, you know, like many people did back <laughs> in the '70s, and or, you know. The electric uh, organ yeah, with the different yeah, yeah, sounds yeah. and shit. We had one of these in our house. I don't know where we got it. But we had this, and uh, I used to fuck around on it all the time. Sorry. For no, it doesn't matter, man. Come on, this is real now. Real talk. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, you know, I used to play on it all the time. I was always, you know, trying to play. I used to play the Star Wars theme a lot. <laughs> then I oh, love, cool. you know, sci-fi uh-huh. Uh-huh. keyboards. So anyway, my mom. 
My mom, I used to also mess around a lot with tape recorders. Like a recording oh, that yes. and then doing shit with it. And so my mom put me in organ lessons <laughs> for a little while. But that was like, it didn't last that long, you know? Yeah. Let's learn the polka. Yeah, nah. I was like, nah. I, I was like, teach me the Star Wars theme. I learned the Star Wars theme with all the chords yeah. and stuff and then did it at a recital. I remember that when I was a little kid. My mom was great, you know? Like, you know, my mom was Gotta awesome. have the moms. Um, tell me something. Um, what is the music scene like over there in your neck of the woods? The good shit about this scene that I really love is a club here called Gorgamish. Gorgamish. Okay? Gorgamish is an after-hours. Gorgamish is an after-hours club. It starts at 2 a.m. and finishes at 8 a.m., okay? This is like, in Japan, this is normal club hours. This I was getting ready to say, when, two, two, two to... Yeah, no, no, in the world, in the world, even in Toronto, in the world, this is normal club hours for techno music and house music. When people are experiencing... I grew up in Victoria. I grew up in Victoria, which is a small town in BC, okay? But it's a cool town. It's where Matt Johnson's from, Nelly Furtado, Swollen members, lots of my, lots of the, the homies that do great work. Cobblestone Jazz, they're from from Victoria. I love you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, you know, no, Victoria's dope. I'm not slamming Victoria, but we grew we grew up clubbing until 2 a.m. You know what I mean? So you got to get you get there at 10 and it, you know, you people drink a lot and pound and then they party for like 2 hours. It's weird. But when I went to Tokyo and started going to other places, went to Paris, went to like different places during my music career, I experienced house music, techno, and actually like at rave parties in my hometown, we were already doing this. But you know that the natural habitat for this kind of music is during these hours. Yes. You can't, you know, house music yes. all night long. You yes. know what I'm saying? It's not for house music for the evening. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? House music so, for, so, <laughs> for the hour. <laughs> yeah, so... So Gorgamish is really the only club that... that that is popping up every Friday, every Saturday with this kind of music from 2 a.m. till, till uh, you know, um, 8 a.m. There's parties. Yeah, yeah, props to Gorgamish. There's parties, there's parties, right, that happen. Lots of parties. Shouts out to Subversive and all the different crews in this city hideout. You know, I give props to all those cats um, that are doing that kind of stuff. They do the parties, you know, mm. one-off parties. And they're great. Body mm. language, that's another sick party here. Um, but, uh, but you know, the club that's every weekend that's in these hours is Gorgamish. You know what I'm saying? And the sound system is quality that I was used to in Tokyo. I mean, you can't get a sound system in, in Canada like this. This is a small room for like a couple hundred people. Awesome acoustics, low ceiling, padded, like huge honeycomb sound system with the bass. Man, this shit is crystal clear. You are right in it. You can dance from the beginning to the end. There's nobody sitting. There's no, you know, there's no socializing. No who's here, who isn't here. None of that shit. People come in the door, they dance, then they leave. And it's amazing. Like every DJ who plays there understands it's a very special place to play. There's no requests. There's no commercial music. It's all underground, the weirder and more atmospheric and and more encompassing and 
you know, the better. It's like, it's like the proper techno club. I'm Ooh. serious. And your favorite place to entertain? Hey, Gorgamish is my favorite right now. But you know, when I was in Japan, I always used to prop Rock West, which was the little after hours I played there, which was very similar. Except for Rock West was more dirty. Gorgamish is very like, you know, uh, upscale inside, like very clean, lots of security, super safe, uh, very like, you know, um, it's it's like pro, it's pro, it's beautiful. I mean, the, the light show is as good as the sound system. The lasers, the, the crazy um, visuals and stuff, it's a whole encompassing quality experience. Uh, Rock West was more like grassroots techno underground. So, but the sound system was bananas. I mean, the sound system was like, you know, what you'd have in a huge club packed inside this little after hours. And it was just pumping beyond, beyond loud. Like, you know, uns you know, two sophisticated people wearing earplugs going, this is too loud. It was like that, you know what I mean? Where, where the heads were like, bang it, bang it, bang it. And the music was just, jack in and we didn't go to 8 a.m we went to like 3 p.m you know what i mean that shit opened at like 5 a.m it was an after hours in tokyo after hours, yeah. which which is like yeah, the yeah. daytime yeah, yeah. you know what i mean yeah yeah so you know crazy shit went down there me and samuel sessions once tag teamed there for like five hours on just vinyl just going like one Mr. for sessions. one like banging it banging it super. it was crazy after he played at agiha which is like really sick big super club here yeah you know tokyo is hot man. Okay. so agiha i love agiha i love the boom i love unit yeah what achievements are you most proud of or achievement shall i say oh in my for music i don't care my kids my kids are my you know i'm most proud of them you know like everybody who meets them likes them and thinks they're dope and cool and they're very independent they're very strong they're like strong women you know what i'm saying these are strong women these these <laughs> These women are strong. They do what they want to do, and they they are, have the mind to put the things together to how to do it. That's you know that's how uh, I brought them up, and that's how fantastic. Uh, that's how my crew. That's how my whole. Sounds family like you is. did a great so, job. Yeah, oh, thank you. But uh, you know they and they helped me too. We did it together. We did the whole process together. But but uh, I'm most proud of them. But musically. Musically, I'm I'm proud of um, work. I'm proud of Soiree Records because they've been around for more than a quarter of a Crazy century, more enough. than 25 years. This guy, man, and they're so releasing on vinyl every release, banging it out, man, against the grain, no sellout, no sellout, independent, underground. Derek, Derek Thompson. Thompson. A lot of I've worked with a lot of labels that use the word family when they're talking mm. about labels right you know when they're like oh welcome to i'm not going to drop any names or put anybody you know like this you know try and try and discredit any of the labels i've worked with no i i love every label brought a different thing to my game but some labels use the word family like pretty easily you know welcome to the family once you when you're releasing with them no no no, no. soiree really is the family when you go to detroit you stay in with Derek. You know what I mean? Soiree is family. Yeah, we met. I met him for the. I met him for the first time here in Munich. I played with him, and uh, and we hit it off really cool. We're in touch now too, and uh, I find uh, what he. I give him much respect. Um, uh, this is a. This is a, a, a. What do you call it? A, a doggy dog world, and uh, it's not. Uh, it's not easy. It's not easy to 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 achieve what he's achieved, and uh, I'm. Uh, that's really good. Um, 
You know, in closing, there is a big boom in women representing techno and underground music for the last two, I guess five, six years, I could see a big, big boom in women. You think that's great for the culture? I do too. But, I do too. But to be... But to be honest, I think there's a big boom in the media about it. You know what I mean? But I've always known, I, I think sometimes people get convoluted between the mainstream music industry and the dance music industry. And and when I'm talking about dance music ta- industry, I'm not talking about EDM. I'm talking about the dance music industry that's been in the background, the underground that I've been participating in and other people like you and different people have been participating in. This has always been the place for diversity. This has always been the place for gay folks making noise, for black folks innovating, for 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 anybody yep. who Latinos, comes to the game that's true to, to the shit. Yeah. South American, yeah, yeah. South African. Of course. That's that's Everything. the rules of the game are written right. by these people. I man. call it street worthy. Out, mm-hmm. You know, air, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, the the biggest Gay folks, women, uh, black folks, they've always been a part, a, a, a huge part. I mean, the clubs I that I started playing in, gay owned. You know, even in Canada, even in my small town, uh, uh, it's always been like this. I've known so many, I mean, techno and the total world of techno DJing and shit. It's like sci-fi, mm-hmm. you know? It attracts a certain kind of people. It's not, It's different than it's different than like other sorts of music that attract like pop music or I, I don't know. It attracts a very special kind of like, you know, synthesizers and right, stuff. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So the women and and have kind of gotten into it, you know, I've always thought they're the future of, you know, they're they're the they're the ones. I just don't buy the media narrative that 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 dance music is sexist. I, I don't, don't buy even that. pay attention to that. Yeah, yeah. I don't even pay attention to none of that because thank God for music. There's nobody bigger than music. I liked your post. That one with, Frank, one with oh, yeah, Knuckles. yeah, yeah, yeah. The minute you think you're greater than the music, you're finished. Hey, man, that goes for yeah, everybody. Goes for everybody. Every color, every every gender, every color, every whatever. Exactly. The minute you think you're greater than the music, you're finished. And for me, the Decisive Podcast is a way for me to speak with you and others. Um, it's really very good thing that we discuss these topics today uh, to focus on the positive things as much as possible to 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 lift up the young people and mix and this kind of collabo between the innovators and the upcoming kid the new generation and this is very important for our um, electronic music and so i kind of don't put labels on those things i just kind of say wow this is how resilient how resilient this this cult this culture is it really is even though we talk about yeah we're not getting money you know it's the passion it's the passion it's the respect for one another <clears throat> it's the music for me music always been on we can talk shit till we blue in the face but if it wasn't for the music i don't know what yeah, exactly do. so you know for, so for me you know and that's what I, that's what decisive podcast is about it's about the artist and doing what they're doing from their heart and the listeners Pay attention to what they're doing and do not try to stop an artist from doing what he does. Either you either like it or you don't like it. And there's music for everybody. There's music for everybody. And uh, those of you out there taking risks, 
continue to, to take risks because we need you to take risks. We need to stand up to the status quo. We need to for more. I, that's what I love about the young kids, man. They don't have no fear, man. We old people talking about, ah, you kids don't know what you're done. They like, look, man, we wasn't living back there when you lived. Our experiences are different than your experience. So for me, it's always a pleasure to talk to independent artists and show also the young people that are getting into this game that it's about love and the passion for the music first. And if you, some people got it, some people don't. The, the thing that some people don't get about music that I that I notice, I, because I like to participate a lot in these kind of workshops and things, you know, talking to people about music. And I feel that sometimes people have the wrong idea that just, just making this music and just getting into it uh, means that you should be getting something, you know, that you should be getting something automatically. That that uh, and that if you're not getting that, then there must be something wrong and 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 some, you know. But but that's not really the way that it that it works, you know. Like um, you have to understand that some the way, by nature of music, some people are going to make it and some people aren't. Whatever your idea of make it is, some people are going to reach an audience of people uh, of a multitude of people and be able to play gigs and be able to uh, do those things and then some people will not achieve that it's not a participation only kind of situation you know what i mean all art is like that i mean for for a long time and some great artists even aren't even discovered until later their music doesn't even connect with people until after their lifetime so when we're doing this, we shouldn't, I really feel that we shouldn't get into it with the kind of expectation that if we get this amount out of it, whether that's money or followers or uh, praise or gigs or whatever, if we get this amount, it's good. If we get this amount, it's not good. This is the totally wrong viewpoint to be getting into, especially something as niche and as like, you know, the people that are into dance music that are doing it and uh, it's just not the way that it's done you know like uh it doesn't work like that you have to connect with people your music like for example my record devil's water it connected with lots of people right a lot of people way more than most of my other music all of my other music let's be honest you know what i mean so but does that mean that every record i made besides devil's water like even Falling Skyward, which is maybe my next most popular record, right? Is only like a tenth as popular or a quarter at the most as popular as Devil's Water. It got a lot more popular than that record. So should I look that as that record as a, some kind of failure or some kind of disappointment? To me, it's not at all. I love that record and it reached a lot of people. People love it. People talk to me about it all the time. So, you know, we got to think about, we got to stop this like comparing thing you know what i mean people who don't make it in the music industry are not um uh, you know victims of a conspiracy you know what i'm saying they're just not they just i mean i don't, I don't know i think this i've discussed this with a lot of different people and and some experiences i understand them some experiences that they go through unless you're walking in somebody's shoes you can't really call it and i and i'm just yeah, yeah word, and i'm word, just kind of like word, word. and i'm just kind of like i'm just kind of like hey 
what I am seeing that's great about it is that it's resilient. And no matter what much we talk, whatever different styles and different opinions, there's music for everybody. And this is this volume of expression won't end. And this is. Yeah, because the underground can't be stopped. This is probably the key to its success and so that so that it's so great that everybody has another opinion about how they feel about what they're feeling and i think that again it's just it's all about expression through music and whatever you wherever i don't care wherever you from where you experience certain situation blah 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 you know great great and if yeah put that into your music you know put that into your music and then you you're going to connect with people who feel like we hope that no we hope we hope that we can connect yeah, yeah. to people that feel like you and that has experienced such situations like you so with that said i have one more question for you and that is what was your creative mindset behind recording the music for today's decisive podcast sunday edition if you can remember I played a lot of my homies music in it I think people that I know I always do that I know people that make like the best techno and house music I'm not gonna lie I know I know of course I don't know everybody and I play a lot of artists that I don't know but I know a goodly amount of people that make like some of the best shit in this game you know right you know so I like to support those artists that don't you know because and I'm put I want to show people that as a DJ as a DJ I want to show people that look at this guy look at these people you know what I'm saying and labels that I, that I'm working with so I feel like a lot of DJs don't do that and they don't really understand the power of that like they play a lot of artists like for example a lot of DJs in this in North America uh tend to play you know a lot of artists from Europe that they're not connected to at all and then they don't really you know there's not a cohesiveness you know what i mean you gotta like no real connection yeah like yeah yeah this this, Um, this, uh this when you when you have a record of somebody that you know and you just go oh that's my boy and he did a good job and like you feeling yeah you're feeling good about i get it yeah yeah and so uh and also you know i play a lot of ambient music so at gorgamish when i start out often i'll start out at 2 a.m and play till 5 a.m right and uh so for the first half an hour the club is just kind of people mulling in and coming in and i i play a lot of like beatless stuff at this time because i don't like to i don't like people to walk into the club and it to be banging super hard with like five people in the club it's just silly i ease them into it you know what i'm saying so you know Understood. there's some ambience then there's then there's some light there's some rhythms building and then as people are coming into the club the rhythms building Understood. up and then by and then by three o'clock the club's full and we're, we're rolling and it's a smooth trend it's like a it brings people onto the floor you know what i mean coaxes them onto the floor and i just have amassed a huge collection of ambient i started playing this yearly art auction called bloom um where i play ambient sets at the Nikkei Cultural Center here in uh, Vancouver. Actually, it's in Burnaby, but it's like a Japanese Canadian connection thing. And uh, I play ambient sets there and I, I build up, you know, a good, goodly collection. I've always collected beatless music for these kind of like situations when I'm DJing intros, uh, mellow situations. I, I don't like banging beats to, to not a, that kind of environment. Okay. Okay, you know what I mean? Good. 
I, even in small rooms, in intimate settings, I play quite a bit differently than in huge uh, super clubs like Womb or, or something, you know? Like, I, I my, my music is always uh, kind of like, the room is a big deal and the people, the crowd is a big deal when I'm playing. So, uh, you know, I just wanted to play some of, of these tunes. So I started the set for your podcast with, with uh, you know, a good cl- a, a few ambient tunes, then uh, built into some more of the dance floor material that I'm more known for, and then uh, back into some more ambient stuff because um, lots of people listening to this at their home, and it's a, uh, I don't know, it's just a, it's good, good. I just felt like that. That was my artistic super. Well, I, re- I, appre- I appreciate <laughs> you, and with that said, everyone, uh, let's listen in to. Rini. Oh, before before we go, can I plug my album? Man, plug it. I have a full-length album up. It's called Game of 100 Ghosts. The uh, the cover artwork by Hawk, the legend. You know what I'm saying? You know you know who he is. He's done work for all kinds of people. Uh, there's the track list. We will post this on the uh, uh, Decisive Podcast uh, game, website. Game, game of 100 Ghosts. You can get you can get this on my Bandcamp. You can get this uh, you can get this um, well get the CD from my Bandcamp if you're ordering online. Yeah, you can see right here. No no to uh, no to division. No to polarization. No to censorship. No to war. That's what it says in the inside. You know what I'm saying? Unity is what we need. Peace, love, unity, respect. All different kinds of people different colors, different genders, different sexual orientation, different lifestyles, different political outlooks, different tastes in music, different all that stuff. The dance floor is where we come together. That's what it's all about. That's what the ritual is all about. It's inclusive, not exclusive. House for all. You know what I'm saying? That's what I preach. Right on, bro. House music With for that everyone. said, everybody, that's passion. And that's what we like here at Decisive Podcast. Sunday edition. Okay. First of all, I'd like to thank you again, Rini, for being a part of, of the Decisive Podcast Sunday edition. I really appreciate you. And um, we look forward to uh, more of your music in the future. Um, 2018 looks like it's a busy one for you. So thanks again for being on the Decisive Podcast. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Let's listen in to Rini Foster's Decisive Podcast Sunday edition mix.
mama Chew tobacco if your mama Choose tobacco Back 